1: Welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. Before we get started on today's exciting episode, I want to make sure and take a second. Well, I'm going to take about a minute, so hang in there with me here, to thank our sponsors. There's four of them, and they're all great and amazing, and I want you to make sure you check them all out. So let's start with Perfect It. Perfect. is a legal specific proofreading software that locates mistakes that neither spellcheck nor the most eagle-eye lawyer can find. Try It from intelligentediting.com. I also want to make sure and thank Answer1. It's a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 Answer1 or online at answer1.com. That's www.answerthenumber1.com. I want to make sure and thank Clio, the world's leading cloud based legal practice management software. Thousands of lawyers and legal professionals trust Clio to help grow and simplify their practices. Learn more at Clio.com. That's C L I O.com. And of course, I want to thank Solo Practice University at SoloPracticeUniversity.com. They're a great resource for solos, both old and new, to learn how to run their practices better. All right. So today I have Dave Ahrens on the line. He's the co-founder and CEO of Unbundled Attorney. Unbundled Attorney is a lead generation company that works exclusively with attorneys that offer unbundled legal services, also known as limited scope or discrete task representation. And what does all that mean? Well, it's um, maybe a buzzword or a a term you've been hearing about or read about or somebody's been talking about, and maybe you don't know too much about what unbundled legal services is, which is exactly why I've invited Dave to come on the show. felt he was an expert on this. Hey, Dave.
2: Hey, Adriana. Happy to be here.
1: I'm so glad. Uh, Like I sort of alluded to, this is a topic that I think many lawyers, especially young lawyers and new solos and new lawyers, are hearing about, and they're not really sure what it means, or if it would work for them. So I was looking for an expert that could come on and talk about it in a really clear way. I know that you can do that for us. You and I met last year at the Clio Cloud Conference, and I thought you were a nice guy and sounded smart. And I thought, you know, that's someone I would really like to have on the show. So thanks for coming.
2: Happy to be here and happy to uh, shine some light on uh, on Bundle Legal Services and so that uh, lawyers can learn a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah. So before we dig into what it is, how it works, and then, you know, get your advice about, you know, helping lawyers, because I listen to your podcast, which we'll talk about too, and you give a lot of advice, but also your stories about how the lawyers that you talk to have successfully managed to build a practice that is either exclusively unbundled or mix and match is really helpful. So before we do that, I want you to tell us a little bit about your background and where you came from and where you are.
2: Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Vancouver, British Columbia, so I am a Canadian. Uh, but uh,
1: You Canadians, you're such good people.
2: I know, we're our good folks, I, I have to say. So I have a background in the legal access plan business, originally with a company called Prepaid Legal, which is now called Legal Shield, and oh, then sure. moved on to work with a company that was essentially a competitor but provided uh, a little bit different form of service And it's a very good option for folks that, you know, just want to get some advice, get a document reviewed. The model is set up as a membership where people can pay for the service to just have access for a phone call or or a document review. But what we really found is when people were looking to hire an attorney, especially for contested custody and visitation matters, that, you know, the plan only provided a 25% discount Mm. and they work with pretty large law firms, sometimes in the referral network, but... You know, pretty standard rates are you know three to five thousand dollars initial retainer fees. So even if you're getting twenty five percent discount off of five k, you're still paying roughly you know thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars as a starting retainer. And so a lot of folks we just found just couldn't afford that. And when I was working in uh, the second legal access plan company I worked in, I worked in a basically a role as an attorney resources, helping build the network of attorneys we worked with. And what I found is that we started to find specific lawyers in specific regions where you know we would talk to the clients, we would get an idea of their financial resources. And it seemed like whenever we would send a client to these specific attorneys, even if they only had, you know, five hundred dollars, a thousand, fifteen hundred, you know, varying different types of cases, varying financial abilities, they seemed to be able to help every single person. Hmm. Whereas we had a lot of folks where we would send them to a firm they quote them a big retainer, four thousand dollars. They call back and then want to cancel the service just because it didn't alleviate their real underlying need, which was you know not only getting the legal assistance they need, but at a rate they could afford. Okay. And so, you know, once we kind of found out, well, what is it that these attorneys are doing in these cities where they're able to help? It seems like almost anyone we send them or at least give them advice, get their documents done, whatever it may be. And, of course, what we find out is that they were offering unbundled legal services in the sense that... Did they that
1: know they were offering unbundled legal services? Some of them
2: w- weren't familiar with the term. Others right. did. I mean, some of them were very uh, purposeful that, you know, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And there were some of the... I mean, this is mid-2000s, mid you know, maybe 2006, 2007, 2008, you know, before... You know, long before you know the ethics opinions were coming out supporting it, and you know, 2008 okay. hit when it almost became a necessity. And we can talk about some of the shifts in the market that have happened, you know, since then. But you know, a lot of attorneys were just offering it. You know, they were listening to the client's needs, finding out where they're at financially, and then just limiting the scope of their involvement down to you know specific tasks, whether it be just doing their documents or doing it as a pay-as-you-go or offering payment plans, and just finding a way to serve the client in whatever made sense to accomplish their goals legally and work within their means financially. And so once we started to see these lawyers and said, hey, you, know, you know, if I were to send 10 clients at a firm that offered you know, a 5,000 retainer and would discount it to you know, roughly 4K, maybe one of the clients would be actually able to afford that attorney even with the 25% discount. But when we would send 10 clients to an unbundled attorney, uh, we found that you know, seven, 8, 9, and sometimes even 10 out of 10 of those clients were getting service from that lawyer. And so what well, we just decided at that point we said, well look, you know if we can f- somehow identify attorneys all throughout the United States that offer these types of options, then if we take that difference in the amount of people that can get help, you know where it's you know literally five six seven times as many folks are able to get service uh, and duplicate that across the entire country, then we really will be in a position to make a significant impact on the affordability of uh, services in this country. And so that's what we've set out to do as a goal is, identifying attorneys that offer these options, and then also educating lawyers about these types of options so they can start thinking about how they can integrate them into their practice so that you know more clients that are uh, not in a position to come up with a huge retainer up front will be able to afford to get the help they need to proceed with their case.
1: So let's back up just a little bit because you said you were working for a couple of prepaid legal services or one or two. And so you started to see this phenomenon or this trend and you decided to start your own company. Are you a lawyer?
2: No, I'm not an attorney myself, no.
1: That's okay. I call us proud non lawyers because I'm not yes, a lawyer too. So you and hashtag I share proud that. non-lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> it's us that help support many of the lawyers that run around this country without, you know, without help. Here we are. So um you're a proud non lawyer. You're working for legal aid services, prepaid or sorry, prepaid legal, which is a little different. And you started a company and mm-hmm. you noticed that this thing called unbundling was was happening. So why don't you take a minute and describe, you know, what does it mean exactly? You know, like as clearly as you can, when lawyers hear the term unbundled legal services or limited scope representation, what does that mean exactly?
2: Yeah. So unbundling basically means normally when a client's going to hire an attorney, the traditional approach is just full representation, which just means they're going to collect a retainer fee up front, whether it be three, four, five thousand dollars, and that's just simply a reflection of the amount of hours they're taking up front. So if their hourly rate is 250 an hour, they're taking 20 hours all up front and then, you know, they're collecting that as a $5,000 retainer. So that's the traditional approach whereas with unbundled legal services, attorneys are adapting the amount of service and adapting the amount of hours they may take up front in order to meet people's needs financially.
1: So does that mean that you're putting as the lawyer some of the work much of the work or a part of the work back into the client's hands. So they're the ones that have to go down to the courthouse and file something as opposed to you or a clerk doing it and you charging it for them.
2: Yeah, you know, if we look at strictly unbundled options, meaning that where they're, where they're providing services under, you know, for example, a specific flat rate or providing just a specific part of the case, like for example, you know, one of the most popular things that attorneys will do is they will, you know, assist the clients with the preparation of all the court documentation. I'm speaking specifically to family law right now, so they will, you know, take all the facts of their case, you know, create a synopsis, you know, from the client, and then basically fill out all the forms and all the documents for the client, prepare a written declaration or written argument essentially, draft it all up, get it ready to go, and then depending on, you know, the options they're providing in they might deliver the documents to the client and, the, and then give instructions for the client to file mm, and proceed mm-hmm. pro se. They might file the documents on behalf and sometimes enter a limited appearance depending on the state. The states have different ethics opinions about that as far as the different types of options and the degree of options. Or it might look like just providing coaching. you know. So it right. really just depends. But essentially, they're really focusing on very specific tasks, whether it be an appearance, giving advice, preparing documents, as opposed to handling a case from A to Z and requiring, you know, a huge amount of hours up front.
1: That sounds good. Sounds um, doable. And do you find that lawyers who are going to, to offer services like this have a very specific sort of menu of services, a chart of services, or do they tend to take each case one by one and then decide how to break it apart? Or maybe there's both.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I've uh, we've worked with hundreds of lawyers and seen a wide, not a wide variety, but a, a lot of different variations of the way in which they're going to uh, offer the price points for that. Yeah. But generally speaking, usually what they have is maybe you know, roughly three different tiers of service, where on one tier, you'll have where the client's coming in with documents they might have already filled out, and they're giving strictly advice and guidance and coaching. And they're basically reviewing those documents, explaining what they mean, you know, maybe making some corrections, making some, some improvements to that, giving them advice on what the next step is, you know, how to respond, uh, and just you know, providing some guidance. And that might be you know, an hour or two of time. And so maybe that might be in the 250 to $500 range, depending on the mm-hmm. hourly rate. That's and cool. then you have you know, that next level where they're you know, taking a more active role where they're actually preparing the court documents for the client, for example. And so you know they'll they'll draft it up and deliver it to the client and then give them instructions on how to file and then you know sometimes they'll even give them a consultation right before court to give them an understanding of what to expect uh, so that ha- that person has a better chance of doing a good job when they actually go to court on their own um, and then you have maybe a third tier of service which would be you know preparing the documents filing it and then in certain cases entering a limited appearance and again you know varies versus based on state and so that's more in the you know thousand to fifteen hundred dollar range yeah. and so. And then as far as the way they bill that, sometimes they do it hour by hour. Uh, what a lot of attorneys are doing nowadays is they're they're offering these unbundled uh, discrete task services on a flat rate. So they'll say, okay, well, we'll go ahead and draft all the documents for you. We'll give you advice on, on how to file it and give you a consultation beforehand. We can do all of that for 750 for example. Mm-hmm. And then what they're doing is they're starting to leverage technology to streamline the process on how quickly they can get those documents done and if you like I can give some examples of that on ways in which they can start to you know actually increase their effective hourly rate by you know utilizing systems to start to speed up that process they can sometimes oh, yes. leverage a paralegal and and their staff to help with the drafting and and really uh you know start to see a very high effective hourly rate even though they're offering an option to the client that you know fits their budget and uh, ultimately they can afford
1: yeah, that's um, you know part of my life, my my job here on this planet, is to help lawyers figure out how to be more efficient so they can do more work and make more money without doing more work and making less money. <laughs> um, one question for you before we take our break: Are there any because you are familiar with the way unbundled legal services might work across the country? Are there any states that don't allow this type of model? Or have a problem with it? Or are there any lawyers that are going to come out there and say, oh, well, I checked with my state bar association. Turns out they don't really love unbundled legal services. Or has it been pretty steady across the country where it just seems to kind of work and there aren't too many issues with it?
2: You know, we have attorneys that are providing unbundled legal services in all 50 states. Okay. The amount of services they might provide, the one thing that, that definitely varies is Number one, obviously, the ethics on doing is basically limited appearances. That's gotcha. the one thing that really we found. Some courts, like for example, California, Washington, Idaho—you know, these courts—you know, they can. There's even forms they can file where it says notice of limited appearance. They file oh. that document on their behalf, and then informs the court. And then they really, you know, have no real issues from from what we've heard from the attorneys doing that with getting off the record. I mean, the most important Great. consideration in limited appearance is that they don't get stuck representing a client if they're not being paid for the services. And so they make an agreement and expressly in the written agreement they're going to provide services with the client that they're going to do a limited appearance and then they'll even file a notice of uh, limited appearance with the court. Whereas you take some other states that uh, a little bit more conservative, they don't have those same processes. It's been interesting to see, for example, how Texas has evolved. You know, Austin uh, has, you know, come out and really, uh, Travis County has been one of the the innovators are on the cutting edge of you know fully Im- endorsing attorneys offering unbundled legal services, and other counties aren't. So I guess the advice I would recommend is make sure you check your local you know ethics opinions mm-hmm. you know, as far as limited appearances. But generally speaking, across the board, offering unbundled services where you're doing you know ghost writing or assistance with document preparation, uh, as far as we know, or at least you know as far as the attorneys offering these services, um, that really hasn't become an issue. I mean the courts really have been supporting this because you know as I, I can talk about. There's been a complete shift in the amount of clients that are filing pro se, mm-hmm. and that has put a huge burden yes. on the courts and their ability to handle all these pro se litigants. And so there were some determinations by you know many courts in the American Bar Association that uh, attorneys going to offer these options, even if they're not involved in the whole case, that's still going to be beneficial to the court, beneficial to the client. And so they made some you know some clear ethics opinions supporting attorneys offering these kinds of options.
1: Yep, that's great. That's good advice. That's exactly what I wanted to make sure we got in there. Well, listen, before we move on to our next segment, we're just going to take a quick break and hear a message from a couple of our sponsors. Imagine how much faster you could work if you spent less time proofreading. Almost every lawyer wastes hours each week proofreading rather than producing legal work. With Perfect It's American Legal Style, you spend less time proofreading and have more time to focus on substantive matters. It's easy to use and there's no training required. Try PerfectIt for free from IntelligentEditing.com and start saving time on proofreading today. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter AnswerOne Virtual Receptionist. They're more than just an answering service. AnswerOne's available 24 seven. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-ONE or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Okay, great. We're back. So, Dave, a couple more questions I wanted to ask you. I want to talk logistically... A couple of minutes to help lawyers who are thinking about this. You've explained what unbundled legal services is, and um, reminded lawyers that they always want to check with their bar associations about ethics, especially as far as limited representation. And let's talk a little bit about the logistics of a lawyer who's interested in in doing this type of work. And I also want to thank you for actually saying out loud maybe a range of prices that or rates that a lawyer might charge for that type of work, which. I'm guessing the range you were giving was pretty realistic because I know I talked to a lot of new solos, a lot of young lawyers, and setting their rates is really, really hard for them to figure out. So I always really like when we can talk numbers that somebody can say, all right, well, I'm in LA. I might be at the top of that range. I'm in McCook County, Nebraska. Maybe I'll be in the middle of that range. So think that's really helpful and if you have anything else like that that you want to add make sure you say it because I just think really practical advice is helpful for our lawyers. I wanted to ask you again like logistically we've talked now just a little bit about pricing but what about doing these types of services remotely? Are you finding that lawyers who work with you through your services or your experience that you've met do they have offices? Do they work from their homes? I remember one of your podcasts that I listened to One of the attorneys that you interviewed was like dead set, adamant he wanted an office, everybody comes in. And then like the next one that you spoke to was very into remote services and my clients don't want to see me as long as I help them. So what kind of advice can you give on sort of which model or both models or what have you seen out there as far as whether you have an office or non-office or how much of this can you do, you know, through a, a portal? that clients might be able to fill in information and upload and download documents. Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, you know, what's really great is it really is up to the attorney as far as what is the way in which they feel most comfortable running their practice. I mean, if you want to have an office and have clients come in and and you know, work with people in person every single one, you know, we've got plenty of attorneys that are offering that. But then we also have a number of attorneys that, you know, like having the flexibility of, you know, being able to work from home. We've had a lot of attorneys that you know have kids and like spending time with their kids at home and even for you know when they were just getting started a lot of new solos where maybe didn't have the office space and were offering you know options where they're working more virtually or even meeting people at coffee shops so there's a wide variety of ways of doing this but i think you know in order to accomplish i mean clients coming in and just meeting in the office and providing services is probably the most traditional sense when it comes to offering virtual services um, that's where you know i think the most opportunity to integrate systems that maybe most attorneys haven't integrated yet. Um, so I maybe I can speak more to that. And one of the things that it becomes key is they're offering, you know, a phone consultation over the phone. I mean, we're obviously doing lead generation, delivering the client. They're calling the client up, spending some time with them to identify their needs, figure out exactly what they're looking to accomplish. And then from there, getting an idea of where the people are at financially mm-hmm. so they can you know, get a feel for whether that person is going to be uh, whether they're going to be working on an unbundled basis or more full representation and remind me that we should circle back on, you know, full representation. There's also ways where, you know, attorneys can offer you know really creative ways of structuring that retainer so that they can serve more clients, even when you have the clients that, you know, they have the type of case where they just need full representation no matter what. Um, but when it comes to that, a lot of attorneys are starting to integrate, you know, for example, they're using Clio um, mm-hmm. or various different softwares where they can complete the intake process right over the phone or they can even send a link for the client to basically fill out a questionnaire online where that information then auto-populates right into Clio or, for example, companies like Lexicata that are mm-hmm. making the, uh, the that, that onboarding the CRM. process. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the CRM process where that information literally comes into the CRM. And then from there, the attorneys can basically prepare a synopsis from the conversation of what the client says uh, on the call as far as the main facts of the case. Or they could even have the client submit a questionnaire that basically says here's the situation here's my version and then you know that information all goes into the database and then either the attorney depending if it's a solo or if they have some staff like a like a paralegal or a legal assistant can then take that information draft the documents and by the way you know there's, there's technology now where that information will then you know once it's cleaned up auto populates directly into the documents mm-hmm. um cleo offers for example document automation software where you know that information that's part of the database, all those main records auto-populate right into the forms. And there's a little bit of setup there, but once you get that going, that information goes right into the forms. The information the client has provided about their case and the main facts. Paralegal can draft into the appropriate you know attorney judge language you know according to the rules of the court in that local court and the way they know with the facts that are most relevant to their case, and of course omitting the ones that aren't, and get that done uh, very quickly and also completely virtually, you know right. from any device, any any time. And so that's really, not only is it making... Giving it's the, the holy att- grail. Attorney, well, it's giving the attorneys the capacity to not only work you know, from anywhere, you know, theoretically. And uh, you know, some clients will... There have been certain cases where they're drafting all the documents for them, and, and they never see the client at all. They could deliver the documents. They take that paperwork, and they go file it themselves. And then there's other cases where they might start off working with them virtually, get the documents done, get things in order, And then when it's time to file and go to court, that's when they meet. They actually meet right. on the courthouse steps. So it really just depends on the case. but So there's that aspect of it. And then there's also, of course, the streamlining of the process where you're taking that information, it's going into the the CRM, that's popping through the forms, and it's getting done really quickly and really efficiently so that it starts to bring down the amount of time it takes for the attorney to get documents out the door. And then, of course, that is going to increase their margin or the amount of effective hourly rate they're seeing.
1: Right. So let's just take a second to unwind all that so that lawyers who are listening can really grasp the possibility of the system and systems that you mentioned. So lawyers, imagine a world where you have a form on your website, which is either a public form or a form that you put behind a client portal or behind a password, right? So it's on your website, whether it's hidden or, or not is, is up to you, but you can send a client or a potential client to your website, very easy, you know, mylawfirm.com my forward slash client intake. They fill out the information themselves as opposed to you or a, a client intake specialist or a secretary or paralegal. Now, believe me, I understand the value in doing that as well. So I'm not saying you would never talk to a client or potential client, but I'm saying there are certainly opportunities where you could gather at least enough basic information to get started through a form. Um, and from that form, that information gets transmitted or just sort of passed. And that form can be captured by a tool that Dave mentioned. Lexicata is one of our favorites. We actually had Michael Chasen as a guest on the show um, last year, I'm pretty sure it was last year, talking about client relationship management and contact management, which sometimes we're not necessarily really good at in legal. So we had him always, we'll talk about Lexicata. So Lexicata might be that first point of entry. It's a great tool, capture that information, and then it passes that information into Clio. Now, Clio's cool, and we'll also use Clio as an example because they're a sponsor. And if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that it happens to be one of my favorite um, modern practice management programs. Clio's cool because it allows you to create custom fields. So out of the box, Clio might not have a field for the JA. It might not have a field for the case number. It might not have a field for the daughter's name, the son's name. And that's okay because not every lawyer needs those fields, but they do allow you to create custom fields. So from your CRM, you might capture that information. It's going to dump it over into a system like Clio, which has a place for those custom fields to go. And then Clio, like Dave mentioned, has a document automation tool. I'm not going to tell you it's the most sophisticated one I've ever seen. There are very sophisticated ones, but for basic forms, for the type of work that I refer to as predictable and repeatable legal work, commoditized work. I know you guys don't like to hear that, but it's a term. What Clio does is more than enough. So the data goes from the client putting it into your website, over to Clio where you've got custom fields that are ready to capture that information. And then with just a couple of clicks, you can send that data from the client form inside of a tool like Clio over to your documents. And those documents, you will have had to take the time or have someone take the time to set those up to be merge documents. So basically at this point we're talking about a mail merge and then the mail merge will either spit out a Word document or a PDF document to allow you to either share those at that point with your client, either through email or a secure client portal, or create the PDF file that's ready to file. So imagine all the time. I want you to stop for a second and think about what it takes you today in your office to complete that cycle from client intake to putting it into a system to creating the documents that you need. Now, if These systems could help you do that within, and I'm not even kidding, one to two minutes. Doesn't that sound good? Dave, that sounds good to me. I want that if I'm a lawyer, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we're getting into some, you know, mechanics and technology that, you know, for a lot of attorneys might be overwhelming initially. I think the most important thing is, you know, once you start to offer these options, there's a number of ways. That you can start to streamline this process. Yeah. and I, I do this all day, so I can you know rattle this stuff off. And, <laughs> and but I don't want attorneys to feel overwhelmed. Ninety percent of the lawyers that work with these clients and offer on legal services just do it belly to belly, and they just come in the traditional sense. Right. It's just rethinking how they can structure the way in which they're going to work with the clients so that the client can afford it. I mean, we're talking about average working families. You know, I I even have some statistics, Adriana. We you know back in 1971, maybe 1% of filings were pro se. Right. And as of 2004, uh, it was about 65%. In most courts, it's 70 to 80%. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. I mean, this is our whole access to justice problem that we hear so often about. And I think what is good for lawyers to hear too is that there's a lot of this work available. So if this type of work interests you and being able to streamline it and use these systems, whether you're overwhelmed or you know, you're know you willing to learn, it's an attractive thing to think about and talk about because there's an overwhelming amount of work available. And Dave, as a person who started a company that generates leads for lawyers across the country, you're probably one of the best sources to sit there and say, there's a lot of this work available. And I know because we capture it and we deliver the opportunities to lawyers. Um, Listen, before I let you answer that, I'm gonna let you percolate for just a second. I'm gonna take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Clio is an invaluable software solution for law firms of all sizes, handling all the demands of your growing practice from a single cloud-based platform. Clio enhances your firm with features such as matter and document management, time tracking, and even billing. Clio is an effortless tool that helps lawyers focus on what they do best practice law. Learn more at Clio.com. That's C L I O.com. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adriana Linares, and with me is Dave Ahrens from the Unbundled Attorney. When we left off, I left everyone on a cliffhanger. I said, "Dave, isn't this work available? Because you generate leads, and you know, tell us, tell us that works available."
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we've been providing lead generation services for a very, very long time, and there's no shortage of demand no shortage. In, in clients that are needing representation. Uh, the challenge is, you know, if you're trying to you know, get clients that are going to pay you $5,000 up front, that is by far the minority of the market. And not only that, we've had a significant shift in the amount of uh, attorneys that are in the market that, you know, we basically right. since uh, 1971, I've got some statistics here again, in 1963, there were, we had 200, well, I won't give the numbers, but basically there's three times as many lawyers for every single person. And there's about a third of the amount of clients that can afford 5000 So if you want to be so basically we've had a shift in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be able to serve and succeed in this market, you know, from a business standpoint strictly, you know, look at where all the people are. It's the 65 to 75% of clients that at this point are going unrepresented, but the reason they're going unrepresented primarily is that, you know, someone quoted them $5,000 retainer, they didn't afford it, so they figured they had to go it alone. Right. And so if attorneys can start to adapt uh, the amount of service, the types of services are offered, whether it be unbundling and offering document services under a fixed flat rate, you know, 500 to 750 to 1,000, providing coaching, and also as a pay as you go. You know, there's a lot of clients, and again, even the majority of the leads that we generate, attorneys are going to retain those clients as for full representation, but they're just going to get creative about the way they structure the retainer and do more of a pay as you go type of approach where they're going to take a lot lower retainer up front, maybe. Instead of $5,000, it will be you know, 500 know 1, 1000 a 1500 something like that. And then they're going to make a payment arrangement with the client. Or they're going to do one task at a time and pay as they go. Or they'll just take the retainer fee and maybe leverage an automated payment system, like, for example, LaPay, where mm-hmm. you know, they can just set up a payment plan with the client. They say, you know, $250 every two weeks, put that into the software, and that payment just processes automatically as soon as that person gets paid. And that really increases the amount of times that payment's going to go good. And so attorneys can begin to rely on the fact that the vast majority of the time, those payments are going to go good. And so they can start to be a little bit more creative and offer lower starting retainers. And that's really the main barrier that most people in this country uh, are having trouble overcoming is coming up with a big amount of money up front. And so whether it's offering unbundled or being more flexible with the initial retainer, you know, that's the type of work that there's an abundance of in this country. And by offering these options, um, you're still able to see, you know, great income from the clients. Um, And I can talk about that as well, but um, it's really just meeting the needs in the market, adapting the services to that. And if you're able to do that, we've got an abundance of clients that would be, you know, very appreciative and excited about the opportunity to work with an attorney on a rate that they can
0: afford.
1: Tell me what are the top Two or three questions that you get from lawyers when you're, you know, training them, teaching them, educating them, talking to them about unbundled legal services. What are the your most frequently asked questions?
2: You know, I think the thing that we really focus on uh, when it comes to, you know, helping them make the transition is obviously what are the typical price points we should offer. And also, I think the most important challenge is how to communicate these options to the client and how to explain. And I think, you know... The attorneys, you know, usually what they'll do is they'll get a situate you know, a feel for their situation, figure out what the, what the client needs to accomplish, and then say, okay, you know, my retainer fee is this, and I expect the whole cost to be this. Would you like to retain me? You know, and that's a very simplified version, but they basically just give them their standard rate, and then the client says, oh, I want to think about it, or you know, okay, we'll see what we can do to come up with the money, and then the call is over. Right. Whereas if you start to take more of a, you know, identifying the needs of the client by asking questions. And ask the client, you know, you know, one of the things that's unique about our firm is we offer both unbundled and full representation. Unbundled legal services means that we can tailor the amount of service we provide mm-hmm. specific to your legal needs and financial considerations. Can you give me a general idea of where you're at financially? That way we can tailor something specifically to your budget.
1: Do you find that lawyers are, I can't imagine that somebody is on the internet literally Googling Lawyer unbundled legal service. So do you find that most people who are looking for lawyers that fit inside this you know range of um, the, the model works for them even know that limited representation or discrete task is a thing? Or like you just said, are lawyers saying, you know depending on the situation when the potential client walks in the door or walks in the internet door, hey, we have this option for you.
2: Yeah, it, it's definitely the latter. I would say we're doing everything that we can as a company to educate the public, yeah, to let them know that these services are available. But I think for them, I think the most important thing that they have in their minds is okay. Well, it's not five thousand; it's probably more like five hundred to fifteen hundred, depending on my case. And so they come in with an expectation that you know the majority of time that they need to that they're going to be paying something, but it's going to be less because you know there's creative options the attorneys offer. So what that means is is that the attorney needs to make sure that they're educating the client about these options when they come in because, you know, the, really the problem that they have is they don't have $5,000. they have got 500000 1500 2000 And so it's educating the client, explaining to them, first of all, you know, what is their budget financially and then explaining to them how you can tailor the amount of service or the, giving them to their tailored budget. options that you can provide right. specifically to their budget.
1: And, and, um, and I want to take you back one more quick question. You earlier said that, and this is turning back to the lawyer side, to your client side, not the lawyer's class. So your clients are lawyers. You're turning back and you said, you know, talking to, I asked you, what are the top two or three questions you get? And you said, you know, helping them understand not just what it is, how to successfully use this as a model, but explain it and also transition to. So that was kind of my question is, are you finding that lawyers are coming to you and from off the bat, they say, I want to be an unbundled legal services attorney or Are you finding that lawyers are coming to you saying, Hey, I've heard about this. I have a full representation practice right now. I'm wondering, is there a place that this fits? And then tell me a little bit about those types of law firms. Like, can you do both? Can you, are you doing a 30, 60, or are you finding that lawyers who maybe were doing full representation are doing so well with unbundled, maybe their lifestyles change a little bit. If they are able to streamline it's, you know, it's more work but yet less work, again, talk, going back to those systems, give me a little background on what that looks like from your perspective, at
2: least. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot less attorneys that fully embrace unbundled legal services, know what that is, know how that works, and just is compassionate about offering it. Um, I think this is still a very new concept. A lot of lawyers are struggling. They're going, you know, where are all these clients that there were, you know, 10, 20 years ago, but there's been a, a market shift. And so they're looking for ways to be able to you know still you know maintain their practice grow their practice but you know offer options that can serve the majority of the market. And so I think really a lot of attorneys come in and say hey you know you guys offer lead generation you can bring me clients real time leads delivered to our inbox and then the second level is okay well so how do we then educate you and we have an onboarding process where you know we have a webinar that explains you know the different types of options they can offer the different price points how to explain that to the attorney and so, to and client, what it usually, mean. or excuse me, just to the client. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. It uh, that just goes to yeah. show I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it, even attorneys that are offering unbundled legal services, the important thing to understand is that even when we're generating leads of clients that are, you know, interested in unbundled services, or at least have been explained you know, what those options offer, they're coming in needing assistance right now. The majority of clients still end up retaining for the attorney for full representation, right. you know, but they're just, the attorneys are offering that more affordable Upfront retainer, they're doing a pay-as-you-go, and you know handling things from start to finish. So it's more like seventy-five percent of the time, probably on average, it's still going to be full representation. So long as the attorney's offering just a more creative and right. more flexible initial retainer, and then maybe twenty-five to thirty percent of the time, they're delivering the unbundled option where they're just doing the documents, giving them advice. But again, that also varies based on you know the practice, the market. And so, you know, that's you know part of the reason we put together the podcast so that, you know, attorneys could hear yeah. real-life examples of other attorneys, the types of options they offer. And just like you, I, I really, not push, but encourage attorneys to, oh, to get pushed. specific about the types of options. <laughs> I'm yeah. not shy. You know, get very specific about the options they're offering so that, you know, you can start to formulate the ideas and figure out what works for you. It's like a buffet and you go along and you pick the things that suit yeah. your appetite and your practice. And there's just a lot of different ways to do it. And so... Um, that's really that process by which attorneys start to think about and how to adapt and integrate these types of options into their practice in addition to the full representations, uh, the options they already offer.
1: Well, that's great. This has been really great having you on and thank you for taking the time to come talk to us. And I say this at the end of every episode, I'm bummed out we've run out of time because it's so interesting and I think it's helpful and I hope that listeners are learning something new and If nothing else, we've piqued the interest of some lawyers out there about learning more about unbundled legal services. Tell our listeners how they can, as I like to call it, stock you and or your company on the internet or learn more about the services that you provide and, of course, follow you on the various social media platforms.
2: Yeah, I think the best way to learn more about unbundled legal services, lead generation, the types of options is really, I think, to subscribe to our podcast which is called the unbundled attorney mastermind podcast especially for those that are are newer to thinking about how to offer these options in their practice or new solos that you know want to you know learn how to offer this in their option that gives them a a differentiator right out of the bat that they can make that launch so that's a really good place to start you're going to hear from attorneys that have 50 years of experience attorneys that you know fresh out of law school that have been able to launch with lead generation We also talk about some very specific strategies on how to field leads. So that's a good place to start if you want things kind of in a condensed format and just want to get a very clear point-by-point layout of, you know, here's the different kinds of options you can offer. This is the market. We have a webinar that we put together that's about one hour long on our website, which is unbundledattorney.com. And that's a really good place to get more information about these types of options and see a really clear, concise PowerPoint presentation that we put together that kind of lays out these options, explains lead generation and the strategies that go into that. And then, of course, if you you know just want to learn more about whether we have leads available in your area and maybe you've been offering these options already and you just want to grow your practice and you get more clients, you can just go to the website, unbundledattorney.com and then just hit the, you know, submit a contact request and one of our team members will give you a ring and, and talk to you more about it. All
1: right. Well, thank you so much, David. It was great chatting with you. For all you listeners who want to learn more about what you've heard today, make sure you visit New Solo at LegalTalkNetwork.com and don't forget to subscribe or follow us on iTunes, your favorite. RSS, service, Twitter, and of course, Facebook. If you like the podcast, please take a few minutes to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be great. I think I have five five five-star ratings. I think we should up that a little bit. So that brings us to the end of our show. I'm Adriana Linares, and thank you for listening. Join us next time for another great episode. And remember, you're not alone. You're a new solo.